0: This morning, as we get started with the sermon, I invite you to take just a second to close your eyes, and uh, and with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine a loaf of bread. Uh, imagine maybe your favorite loaf of bread or your most common loaf of bread, whatever, whatever you think of first, loaf of bread. Uh, think about what it smells like, what it feels like, what it looks like, tastes like, uh, and then ask yourself this. What can this loaf of bread teach us? Uh, What can bread teach us? You can open your eyes, but keep that, that fixed in your mind this morning, just that image of bread. What can bread teach us? Bread is a relatively simple thing if you've ever made it. It's water plus flour plus yeast uh, and some salt or some sugar or some herbs or something like that. It's a really simple thing, but it's really hard to overstate the importance of bread throughout world history. It's a very ancient thing. A lot of people study bread as a way of studying human development. It's been a staple food for, for countless cultures throughout world history. There are riots that are named after it. There have been revolutions that have been spawned by it. People debate it, especially in in our country. There's a lot of debate over whether bread is good for you or bad for you. And so whatever your take on these things is, whether you are for homemade bread or for artisan bread or wonder bread or no bread at all, we can't deny it. Bread is everywhere in our corner of the world. So what does it teach us? According to Jesus, bread can actually teach us a lot. As we listen to Christ's prayer today, bread takes on significant meaning. It conveys to us deep theological truths. What can bread teach us? Well, it teaches us what we need, it teaches us who we are, and it teaches us who God is. It teaches us what we need, it teaches us who we are, and it teaches us who God is. And when we learn these deep, important lessons, our prayer for daily bread becomes a daily opportunity for us to grow in faith and to enjoy and experience God's love. And our daily encounters with bread, wherever we look, whenever we see a commercial for bread on TV or have some in the shelf or eat some for breakfast, whenever we have a daily encounter with bread, this encounter becomes a reminder of God's care for us. And so listen to Christ's words this morning. There is great delight here. There is great joy in Christ's prayer because Christ wants you to experience God's goodness. Christ wants you to be satisfied in God so that you experience great joy in our Father just like we or a hungry person would experience great joy, great satisfaction in having a loaf of fresh-baked bread. If you want the Twitter version of my sermon this morning, the the Twitter version, it's a riff off something that Martin Luther once said. Here's the Twitter version of the sermon, Bread is Proof that God loves us. Bread is proof that God loves us. Let's listen to what Christ has to say to us this morning in Matthew chapter 6. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Our daily bread. As far in the reading of God's word, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father, we praise you for your goodness and kindness to us and this invitation to ask for feeding, to ask you for the resources that we need. And so we pray for that now, especially as we come to your word, feed us. We're hungry for you. We need you. We're starving for your truth. We're starving for your presence. So please give us what we need this morning. Feed us through your word. Feed us through your spirit, working through your word preached. And I pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen. The first lesson that we can learn from bread is what we need. Bread is teaches us what we need. First and foremost, bread teaches us that we need physical provision. We have great physical needs. Bread shows us that what is bread? Bread is food. And it's not just any food, but it's the most basic food. The food writer, Michael Pollan, says bread is the bedrock food. If you can't afford meat and you can't afford vegetables, you usually can afford bread. In Jesus' time, like much of the world even today, bread was the most basic form of sustenance that a person could have. And so when we pray, give us our daily bread, we're asking God for the basics. We're asking him for physical provision. But our physical needs don't just stop at the bread itself, right? Bread is connected to a whole host of other things that we need. When we think about our physical needs, it's more than just the individual need. There are systems in place. There are networks and communities that all revolve around each other as we think about the one item of bread, enabling us to buy bread, sell bread, acquire it, eat it, enjoy it. Again, if I'm going to quote Michael Pollan, he says, it takes a community to make bread. Just think about that loaf of bread that you had in your mind. Who and what does it take for you to be able to acquire that bread? What systems need to be in place for an individual to be able to have a single loaf of bread? Just think about it. Someone needs to at least grow and harvest some wheat Someone needs to take the wheat and grind it into flour. Someone needs to take the flour and turn it into dough. Someone needs to take the dough and bake it and turn it into bread. And beyond this, there needs to be enough sun and rain for the wheat to grow. People need to be healthy enough to work the fields, to be able to work the mill, work the oven. People need to be employed so that they have the means to be able to purchase the bread. The community needs to be safe from crime. It needs to be safe from warfare, so that the resources are protected, so that transportation goes about as expected. All of these community infrastructures need to be in place They need to be protected, which supposes some sort of government oversight in this matter, some sort of protection happening. These systems need to be in working order for bread to be accessible. It is all interconnected. When we think about bread, one of my favorite bands has a song that talks about how family systems are all interconnected with world events. This song talks about how a young boy growing up is going to be impacted by the experiences of his grandfathers, who were impacted by their experiences as veterans of war. The music video uh, focuses in on a poster at the ending. The, The closing shot is of this poster hanging on the wall, and the poster reads, Everything is connected to everything else. Everything is connected to everything else. That is a deep theological truth. Everything is connected to everything else and bread reminds us of this, how interconnected everything is. Martin Luther says that when we pray for our daily bread, we're asking for God to meet our basic physical needs, and we're also asking for God to protect and implement all of the other larger systems that we need in order to meet our basic needs. In effect, the prayer, give us our daily bread, includes a prayer for good weather for safety, for income, for energy, for health, for societal justice, for good governance, for the availability of nutritious and healthy resources, for industrious and trustworthy neighbors, for good and wise leaders, for loving relationships, for a stable and supportive community. All of that is encapsulated in bread. That's what bread represents, all of our physical needs all in one bundle. But bread also points beyond the physical realm. Bread also teaches us about our spiritual needs. The former Pope, Benedict XVI, wrote about the Lord's Prayer in one of his books on the life of Christ. And when he gets to this petition in his writing on the Lord's Prayer, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread, he asks what I think is an incredibly important question. Here's what he asks. Are we supposed to hear Jesus ask for bread and then ignore everything else that Jesus teaches about bread in the rest of the Gospels? It's an amazingly important question because Jesus is constantly using bread as a symbol for our need for God. In Jesus' hands, bread transcends the physical realm and teaches us about the spiritual realm. It's the lesson of the first temptation. Satan says to a very hungry Jesus, turn these stones into bread. You remember Jesus' response, Matthew chapter 4. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's the lesson of the feeding of the 5,000. After they were fed by Christ, this physical, tangible bread, the people seek Jesus out again. And Jesus, at that moment, tells them in John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. It's the lesson of the Last Supper. Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this, this is my body, which is given for you. In these stories, bread points us to God. God sustaining us, God feeding us spiritually, God saving us. It's like visual shorthand, like a wedding ring. A wedding ring is just a simple band of metal Uh, But it represents so much more than that. It represents lifelong commitments till death do us part in sickness, in health, in Poverty and and riches, these are deep, lifelong promises represented by a simple metal band. And so when you see that simple metal band, you don't just see the metal, you think of all of these great and majestic promises. You see everything it represents. Bread is like that. Bread represents God's spiritual provision, and it reminds us of our spiritual needs. So what does bread teach us? It teaches that we need physical and spiritual provision. That's what we need. If we take that lesson to heart, then bread actually teaches us something else. It teaches us something about our identity. Bread teaches us, teaches us about who we are. We, as human beings, are deeply, deeply dependent on God. We're dependent on God. Think about it. If we didn't have spiritual and physical provision, we don't last very long. You can think about us withering in the desert, drying up without food or water or the spiritual provisions of God. And this, again, points us to a deeper reality about our existence. We are pretty frail. We as humans are pretty weak. We, on our own, are frail. We are deeply, deeply dependent on God. And that's a reality that we don't really like to admit that often. Uh, To be honest, I think it's a reality that we even struggle to recognize half of the time. I, I don't think that we even see in the normal course of life exactly how dependent we are on God. We live in a land of abundance. And I think it's really hard to pray, give us this day our daily bread and mean it when our pantries are full when our bank accounts have a lot of of cushion. Now, of course, our abundance can be a great blessing. God loves his people. God loves us. He wants us to have a pleasant and enjoyable existence. As well, the more we have, the more we have to give. And so God has blessed us with abundance so that we can be generous with those in need. But our abundance tends to dull our sense of dependence. And even worse than that, I think it gives us a sense of entitlement, what we deserve from this life, and how strong we are even on our own. And so, we should take a time out, and we should ponder exactly how dependent we are on God. Let's do that now. Let's think about how dependent we are on God. According to God's Word, according to the Scriptures, God controls every single aspect of this world, including our lives and all the details of our lives. So you woke up this morning because God gave you breath. You are here this morning because God enabled you to get here. If you're here in person, you had a safe drive or a safe walk. You were able to do this because Of God. We have food to eat because God allowed the rain and the sun to come and nurture his creation. You have the food you have because God has enabled you to work in such a way that you can have it so that you can afford it. Your money is a gift from God. The roof over your head is a gift from God. Your opportunities, your talents, your skills, these are all gifts from God. Even the very ability to put food in your mouth and enjoy it is a gift from God according to the scriptures. We are deeply, deeply dependent on God. Now, depending on your relationship with God, you might not like that sentiment very much. That might make you feel uncomfortable. You might say something like, I don't like being dependent on anybody, let alone some cosmic being who wants into my life or wants to have say over who I am and what I do. And if that's you this morning, let me invite you to think a little bit differently about it. Don't resent your being dependent on God. Instead, embrace it. It's actually freeing to be dependent if what you're dependent on is trustworthy. Let me say that again. It's freeing to be dependent if what you're dependent on is trustworthy. We just had a lot of ice and snow this past weekend. Imagine the confidence that you could have to drive in the snow, drive in icy weather, if you know that you can trust your tires or trust your car. Imagine the confidence of being in an orchestra and knowing exactly when to come in because you can trust your conductor. Your conductor will tell you when to come in and you can trust that the music will sound good or the confidence of being able to play soccer if you can trust your coach. Do what the coach says, and you will have an enjoyable experience. When we trust dependable people, we are freed from worry. We're freed from fear when we trust dependable people. Now, I am saying we are dependent on God. We are 100% dependent on God at all points in time. That is a fact, but don't resent it. Instead, embrace it. Trust in Christ. Stop trying to live your life independently because God is the most trustworthy person that we could lean on. God is supremely trustworthy. He's even more trustworthy than you yourself. If you think highly of yourself and your skills, God is even more trustworthy than you. It is a gift to depend on on God, because God is trustworthy. We'll talk about that more in a minute. For now, we'll just say that bread teaches us that we are deeply dependent on God. We're also deeply dependent on each other. Remember, bread points to community, and there's a reason that we pray, give us our daily bread. It draws our attention horizontally draws our attention to the rest of the church, even the rest of the world. We are praying for our daily bread personally, individually, as a community, but we're also praying for the daily bread of God's entire world, and especially we're praying for those without bread. According to World Vision, a Christian organization that promotes poverty alleviation, About 9% of the world's population go to bed on an empty stomach each night. 9% of the world's population. That is 690 million people. If you took the U.S. population, the entire U.S. population, and doubled it, it still wouldn't be 690 million people. So just think about that. 690 people, twice, over twice the entire U.S. population will go to bed hungry tonight. And many of them are children who are hungry. According to the Capital Area Food Bank, uh, serving our region, uh, around 1 in 10 D.C. metro area residents are food insecure If you look at AFAC, Arlington Food Assistance Center, just down in South Arlington, AFAC gives out 2,300 boxes of food every single week to the hungry in Arlington. Arlington Bridge Builders, a smaller ministry that is dedicated to a similar purpose, serving the neediest in Arlington, they serve around 80 families a week just because of food crisis. And this isn't talking about the other needs in the community, like rent assistance or any, anything else, regionally. And across the globe, hunger is on the rise. The causes are wide. The causes are varied. The causes for all of these things vary, again, across the world, from corruption to unemployment to food scarcity to drought to drug addiction to plain old poverty. So how do we respond We've got to pray. We've got to pray. Give us our daily bread. Now, sometimes God will hear that prayer and respond like he did to the disciples once. You give them something to eat. That's why we have a box for Arlington Bridge Builders out front. We as a church want to be ready for God to hear our prayer and respond with a call for us to be generous. We want him to tell us, you give them something to eat. We want to be people who are members of God's kingdom and are doing our work to spread God's generosity to those in need. And so I I hope and I encourage you, let's keep that box filled during this season of self-denial. Let's deny ourselves so that others in need can have help and taste a little bit of God's kindness. So that's sometimes God's answer. You give them something to eat. But sometimes, often, the need is so staggering And the situation is so complex that our only hope is for God himself to intervene. That's all that we can hope for. And here's the good news. Here is the good news. We have already asked for that intervention. We have already entrusted these particular needs to our Heavenly Father. We've already prayed for it. Remember what we prayed already in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, cause your name to be made holy across this entire globe. May everyone respect you and live out your calling on their lives. Lord God, would you bring your kingdom here on earth, your heavenly eschatological kingdom of justice and peace, bring it here to this earth. Lord, cause your will to be done across the face of the world on earth as it is in heaven. In those prayers, we are begging God to come down and tear down the forces of oppression that keep human beings in starvation so that we can then pray, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus wants you to pray this prayer on behalf of his world. Bread teaches us who we as humans are. We are deeply dependent on God and we are deeply dependent on each other. You might be wondering at this point in time, where's the joy? I thought you said that this passage had a lot of delight in it. It seems like there's just a lot of challenge. Well, bread teaches us a third thing. It doesn't just teach us our frailty and our need. Bread points us to God. Bread teaches us who God is. He's a good God. He's a good Father who knows our needs, who cares about our needs, and who meets our needs. That's who God is. This prayer is worthless if it falls on deaf ears, but it doesn't. This prayer ascends to our Father, and our Heavenly Father is good. He knows our needs. How many political leaders get in trouble because they don't know the needs of their people? Uh, You can remember this uh, from history. Peasants don't have bread, let them eat cake. It's tone deaf at best and far worse. Uh, if, uh, in, in the hands of some leaders. We see this all of the time, and people don't like it. It's really frustrating when our leaders don't know what we need. But listen to the words directly before the Lord's Prayer. I picked up in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Hear the words right before. Your Father knows what you need before you even ask him Your father knows what you need before you ask him, pray then like this. We're praying to a God who knows. He knows you need food. He knows you need work. He knows you need sleep. He knows you need relationships. He knows you need peace and stability. He knows that you need him. And he doesn't just know these things in the abstract. This isn't theoretical knowledge for our God. No, he knows you. He knows you all, each, individually and personally. He knows what you need. And so let me ask you, what's the one thing that you need? What's the one thing that you most long for right now? And it will be different if we all kind of had a note card and wrote it down. It would be different between all of us. What do you most want right now? What are you hungering for the deepest right now, that thing that you're most anxious about? And maybe in the back of your mind, you might wonder, does God even know about this? Does God know about this hope that I have, this dream or this need or this fear? Think about that thing. What is it? God wants you to ask him for it. God wants you to talk to him about it. Give us our daily bread. It's not taking him by surprise. Whatever that need or want is or fear, it's not taking him by surprise. He already knows what you need, and he won't forget. He won't overlook it. He knows. Second, God cares. God cares about our needs. That's important because knowledge without compassion is just as cruel. My sixth grade history teacher uh, was the most feared teacher in school. He had this reputation for not helping you out, even if you were in a terrible bind. And so you did not want to show up to class not having done your homework. Uh, It didn't matter how great your excuse might have been. It didn't matter. You did not want to show up to class for a test without a couple of pencils that were sharpened because if you broke a pencil point in class during the test, too bad. Now, in, in hindsight, I was actually talking with a friend of mine about this. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he was probably actually a pretty nice guy, and this was just sort of normal sixth-grade fear and maybe the older kids in the school spreading all of these rumors, but that's what it felt like whenever you walked into his class. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever experienced something like that where you are in a situation with someone who knows what you need but doesn't care? It's horrible. It feels helpless when you're talking to someone who knows what you need but doesn't even care. Well, God doesn't tell us too bad when we come to him with our needs. He cares. He loves you. The scriptures are constantly describing God like a parent whose heart of mercy, heart of compassion breaks when we come to him in tears. When we come to him with all of our needs, he is like a father who, who bends down on one knee to get on our level so that he can see us eye to eye, puts a hand on our shoulder, draws us near to comfort us and protect us. He is like a mother who draws us in in a warm embrace. God cares. Give us this day our daily bread. God wants to because he cares about our needs. And finally, God meets our needs. God meets our needs. He doesn't just know our needs. He doesn't just care about our needs. God actually meets our needs. Psalm 145 verses 15 and 16, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. God provides. And he provides in multiple ways. It's amazing. he's He's got the most tricks up his sleeves in the way that God will provide for us. All the various ways that he gives to us everything we need. He provides to us in common ways. He provides to us in, again, the common way of rain and sun and giving us what we need. He gives us in the common ways like guiding the creation from planting to harvest. Or giving us work that we can do to enjoy and purchase the food that we can have. He gives us all of these in common ways, and he meets our needs in extraordinary ways, like moving Christians secretly, privately, to get care for and be generous with other Christians supernaturally. I've told you this story before, but I love it. I, I think it's such a great picture of how God provides in these extraordinary ways. In St. Louis, when we were in seminary, there was a family, and the, the wife was at home with the kids, the, the husband, the dad was at school taking classes, and money was incredibly tight. Uh, and they, they just did not have enough. It didn't feel like they had enough to be able to meet their needs. And she cried out in frustration to the Lord one day I just want an apple. I just want an apple. And then she goes over and opens her door, and on her doorstep is a five-pound bag of apples that someone had dropped off. That's how our God likes to give to us. He likes to give to us in abundance. He gives to us in normal ways and extraordinary, miraculous ways. Now, there's a hard truth here. God gives us what we need. God often gives us what we want, but sometimes he doesn't. We don't know his plan we don't know his reasons for it, but sometimes he allows us to go without something or another. And in moments of doubt, when we're faced with that lack, we might ask in desperation, Don't you care? I thought you cared. And if you care, do something. Can't you do something about this? Well, he has. He has sent Christ. God provides for us abundantly in Christ. Jesus is the definitive. The authoritative, the final answer to this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Again, the answer is Jesus. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, All things are yours. All things are yours. The world, life, death, the present, the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God. That means you belong to Christ, and therefore you belong to God. Fellowship with God has been restored through Christ. You now have access to God, to God, the Father of lights, from whom is every good, pleasant, perfect gift, according to James chapter 1. You have access to God in Christ. And so everything else that you have is just icing on the cake. In other words, don't focus on what you lack. Focus on what you have. You have God. That's all you need. And you have in Christ more than you could possibly imagine. The riches that you currently possess. You have God's presence. Of course, God still meets our smaller, still important needs. But don't lose sight of this. God provides for our needs, most especially in Christ. His death and his resurrection have enabled you to access the presence of the Most High God. And that vision... That vision of the church owning the presence of God now and especially in the future, that has sustained the church. Through countless years of trial and sorrow and hunger and persecution, we can cry out to God in our pain, in our grief, in our sorrow, in our poverty and want give us our daily bread. And He says, I have. I have given you the bread of life. And don't worry. I'll give you everything else you need too. So that's where the delight comes from, knowing that God loves you so much that he gives you what you need and more especially in Christ. He gives us himself. That's what bread teaches us. It teaches us that God is good. Bread is proof that God loves us. So how can we pray this week? How can we take this prayer on our lips? First of all, pray for your specific needs and don't be shy. Pray for your specific needs and don't be shy. God knows what you personally need, so ask for it specifically. Don't be shy either. Sometimes we kind of look down on our prayer requests, especially if, depending on kind of what circle of evangelicalism you may have spent time on. You, you might kind of think to yourself, well, I probably should only ask for spiritual things like the joy of the Lord. I shouldn't ask for any of these worldly things, but God knows. God knows what you need, and he'll decide what you will get. He'll teach you what really matters as you bring your needs to him, and he says, God says to you, pray for bread. He's not ashamed by your physical needs, and so you shouldn't be either. Pray for your specific needs, and don't be shy. Second, receive God's provision with faith and joy, especially his provision in Christ. Receive God's provision with faith and joy, especially his provision in Christ. Receive his provision with faith, trusting that Like the scriptures say, our good father won't give you a snake if you ask for a fish. And so whatever he gives you, receive it in faith, trusting that it is for your good. Receive it in faith. Then receive his provision with joy. Eat, drink with a glad heart, enjoying your life. Every bit of it as a good gift from our good heavenly father and especially Most especially, receive God's provision for you in Christ. Whenever you pray this week, whenever you pick up your Bible to read the scriptures, whenever you feel the Spirit restraining your sin or giving you a taste of heavenly joy, relish every minute of it. Because it is God's presence that he is giving to you. Focus on this, the greatest greatest thing that you have. In Christ, you have access to the Lord. And third, pray for the specific needs of the world. Pray for the specific needs of the world. There is need for food and for safety throughout the world. There's need for justice and for peace. There's need for generosity and compassion There is need for Christian conversion throughout the world. And so pray for all of these things. As they all come across your desk this week, pray for the needs of the world. God wants you to pray. God wants you to care for the world because God cares for the world. And so pray for the specific needs of the world. This week, consider God and consider your groceries. Learn the lessons that God wants to teach you through that simple loaf of bread that you've had fixed in your mind. And whenever you see or smell or taste bread this week, just remember, you have physical and spiritual needs. You are deeply dependent on God and deeply connected to others. And you have a loving Father, our Heavenly Father. Your God knows your God cares about, your Father meets your needs. And if you learn these lessons, a simple loaf of bread can transform your whole life. Let's pray. Lord God, Father of mercies, Father of gifts, uh, the one who meets our needs, Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for meeting our needs in Christ. Thank you for his provision for us. Thank you for the spirit that connects us to you and to each other. And we pray now in faith that you would give us our daily bread. Give us what we need. Lord, in this congregation, there are many needs. And so we we lift them up to you. There is need for food. There's need for employment. There's need for rent. There is need for all of these things. There's need for satisfaction. There's need for community. And that's in this congregation, Lord. As we look out to the world, there is even greater need. And, And you've given us the words to pray. Give us. Give us your creation, our daily bread, We pray for the world. We pray for your provision, and we ask that you would enable us to receive in faith what you give to us. We thank you for Christ, the bread of life, and ask that in him we would truly suffer no hunger, and that we would truly have every bit of satisfaction that you have for us. We pray this in his name. Amen.